number 10-0323, a rendering of each of six episodes. Episode 1, A Year with the Church Fathers. Free will is the problem and the solution. To pagans who blame everything on fate, Tatean answers that our miseries are our own fault. Our own free will brought evil into the world, but our own free will can reject evil. Why should I admit that we're born by fate when I see such managers of fate as the pagan gods? How can you be fated to be sleepless from greed? Why are you fated to grasp at everything and die often? Die to the world rejecting the madness in it. Live to God and by understanding Him set aside your own nature. We were not created to die. We die through our own fault. Our own free will has destroyed us. We who were born free have become slaves. We have been sold by sin. Nothing evil has been created by God. We ourselves have brought about wickedness, but we can also reject it. Tetian, Address to the Greeks, 1-1. In God's presence consider, do material things have a strong hold over me? Do I always want more than I can reasonably use? Closing prayer. Lord, cast out every evil imagination from me and every impure thought, base desire, all envy, vanity, hypocrisy, lying, deceit, anger, blasphemy, and every motion of the flesh and spirit that is not in accordance with your holy will. Episode number two, Through the Year with Thomas Merton. Dull as sin. There is nothing interesting about sin or about evil as evil. And the greatest sinners are the most boring people in the world because they are also the most bored and the ones who find life most tedious. New Seeds of Contemplation, episode number three, Magnificat, March 23, volume 24, number 13. Item number one, a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 21, 33 through 43, and 45 through 46. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landover who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, They said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to these tenants when he comes? They answered him, 
He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read it in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone by the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parable, they knew that he was speaking about them, and although they were attempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet the gospel of the Lord. Item number two, meditation of the day, a people that produces fruit. We are not dealing here with an ordinary parable instilling some point of moral or religious instruction. What we have before us is a transparent allegory of the concrete ways in which God has intervened in our history to save us, making us heirs of his kingdom along with his son Jesus. The Church of Christ consists of all believers, both Jews and Gentiles, who accept God's total plan of salvation, implemented first through the Law and the Prophets, and then definitively through Christ Jesus. This church is referred to in our parable under the beautiful name of a nation producing the fruits of the kingdom. We cannot consider ourselves redeemed or to belong to God's own nation until we have begun to produce the fruits God looks for in us. Hence the great importance of the merits in Catholic theology. God creates both the earth and the seed. God then plants seeds and plants, waters, fertilizes, and protects the vineyard. He even constructs a wine press, and he goes out and selects trustworthy laborers to continue his work when he goes into another country. But we must not dishonor God, give God the lie out of fearless or lack of faith by trusting less in his wisdom in choosing us than he has trusted in us. His choice of us as tenants already contains both the promise and the power of that vocation's fulfillment. In the face of our calamitous awareness of our own insufficiency and waywardness, the one thing that matters and to which we should cling for sheer life is the unfathomable double fact of God's creation and choice of us. Though in and of ourselves we do not amount to very much at all, we must daily grow into the full measure of God's trust in us by collaborating intensely with the little we are and have in producing a rich harvest of sweet and juicy grapes from which will flow the wine to make glad the heart of God. What is life to a man who is without wine? It has been created to make man glad, to bring joy to God's heart and to make that joy flow all around creation through each human heart. That is our vocation, our whole reason for being, and the very substance of our own happiness. Draw me after you, let us make haste. The King has brought me into his chambers. We will exalt and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. Episode 
number four, God's Little Instruction Book, one, two, and three, by Honor Books. Golden Nugget, number one, inspired by Matthew, chapter six, verses 19 and 20. You can't take your money with you, but you can send it on ahead. Lay hold, lay not upon yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Golden nugget number two, inspired by Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Your words are windows to your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks golden nugget number three, inspired by Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. A shut mouth gathers no foot. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Episode number three, Chesterson Day by Day. We should probably come considerably nearer to the true conception of things if we treated all grown-up persons of all titles and types with precisely that dark affection and dazed respect with which we treat the infantile limitations. A child has no difficulty in achieving the miracle of speech. Consequently, we find his blunders almost as marvelous as his accuracy. If we only adopted the same attitude toward premiers and chancellors of exchequer, if we generally encourage their stammering and delightful attempts at human speech, we should be in a far more wise and tolerant temper. The Defendant. Episode 6, Reflection. When the 42 Greek commanders from Amoria were in the Hagarene prison, Certain Muslim sages came to counsel them to embrace the faith of Muhammad and thereby receive their freedom. These sages stressed to the Christian commanders the two advantages of Islam over Christianity. First, Muhammad is a more recent prophet than Christ. And second, the Muslims were victorious on all sides over Christianity, by which God clearly points out the truth of their religion. To the first point, the commanders replied, If two men are debating over a field, and one has many witnesses that the field is his, and the other does not have any witnesses except his own personal testimony, what do you think? Whose field is it? To this, the Hagarenes replied, Undoubtedly, the field is his who had many witnesses. To this, the commanders replied, By yourselves you have judged in favor of Christ and against Muhammad. For Christ had with him the witnesses of all the prophets and apostles, but Muhammad alone witnesses to himself. To the second point, the commanders replied, If you would gauge the truth of a faith by victorious victories in wars, then this would mean that all the adulterous nations who from time to time have conquered the world, such as the Persians, Greeks, Romans, and others, possess the true faith. This even you Muslims would never acknowledge. And because you have been victorious over the Christians now, this does not mean that your faith is better, but that our sins are great. 
because of which God punishes us through you.